Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, Season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Anaheim 2 Wrap-Up Race Cap Recap. Can't, uh, can't wait to get into it. And of course, uh, these fabulous, wonderful podcasts brought to you by BTOsports.com. Long-time sponsors of the uh, Forrest Butler uh, team there. They're now BTO Sports KTM. Big time on board with that. Matt Gerke, Andrew Short. If you need anything for your bike or body, BTOsports.com is the place to have it. And don't forget, uh, some of the competitors don't always have the correct uh, pricing for the country that you want. So double-check on that when you're ordering from BTOsports.com, and you'll see they got the best prices around. And, of course, uh, also presented by Fox. Uh, Fox Racing, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear. They continue to the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate, and uh, 2014 products include the award-winning Instinct Boot V4 helmet, Airspace Performance Goggle, 360 racewear, Foxhead.com, Roxon, Dungey, uh, Chad Reed. They're all in Fox slash Shift, and uh, check them out or visit your local authorized Fox dealer. I'm Steve Mathis. I was at Anaheim, too. With me on the line, a couple other guys who were there. Um, my boss, the Racer X online editor jason wygant yeah and uh former top privateer former um uh, well now current inspiration for chad reed's victory uh the jason thomas <laughs> what's happening uh my twitter blew up after the race chad reed won the race said that uh tate said at phoenix he was slow like jt so um jt if i were you i would either sue for defamation or try to get a chunk of that winnings because it seems like you motivated him I feel like neither is going to happen. <laughs> How many texts did you get and uh, tweets? A lot, yeah. My phone was dying, and then, of course, that happened, and my phone literally exploded in uh, an electronic boom mm-hmm. of texts and Twitter mentions, and, and then it just shut off. Right, like, right. It basically waved the white flag and gave up. I like how Chad made sure that he got it into the stadium. He got it on TV. He told me. Weege, he told you? Oh, yeah, Monday Convo. Yeah. Yep, we got it on Monday okay, Convo, so, which was me, Guy B, uh, Kit, and Shan Moore uh, all interviewing at the same time. He, you, every recorder, every microphone. He probably went to karaoke night yeah. afterward. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Grab the mic. I heard he rented a blimp, and he will be flying a blimp around that says, <laughs> I'm not slower than JT. So, he's made sure to get that out, that message out. Hold on, though. Why, Jay, you, go ahead. Where, why were, where was I when all you top journalists were interviewing him? I don't understand. You don't come down to the podium. Oh, it was on a podium. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what these guys like? 
Actually, I think that I think James Stewart inspired the whole deal. Like he can't escape if we grab him as soon as he comes off the stage. Right. So right. now everybody just heads that direction. Um, see, my move is to talk to the other dudes who did crappier, and then the podium guys walk back, and then I can get them then. Um, we don't all have that kind of access like you, Steve. Nobody. Uh, if anybody wants a lesson one hundred and one on how to uh, get the guys, Jim Hawley actually hid behind a garbage bin one time to get James Stewart. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was there. Right. As JT and I were discussing after this, JT. Mixed bag for you. Uh, nice that you get your name back out there. That was nice. I mean, definitely made you relevant. But right? if, but if anybody's looking to hire you, like that's <laughs> oh. not good, you know? Yeah. Like if there's somebody, I, I, if there's somebody sitting back going, you know, I need a guy. I wonder how Thomas's speed is. I wonder <laughs> if he, I wonder if he can still hang. Well, that that wasn't good. The good thing is, is I have no interest in that. So. Uh, if I was looking to come back and race, then that would suck. But for me, for me, I got, I got a kind of a mixture of a lot. Some people saying how awesome it was. Some people saying that they were pissed off and that it was a cheap shot and yada, yada, yada. Oh, they don't know Chad. They don't need Chad Reed very well. Personally for me, I thought it was awesome. I, you know, I don't, you have to know Chad and if he didn't like, if it wasn't out of anything, but him trying to have fun and him, our relationship is just really good like that. He would never mention you. He would never give you the time of day or go out of his way to bring you up or do anything. So yeah. it was obviously him. He was having fun with it, and he knows that I can take it and think it's funny. And he, obviously you know, everybody else has a great time with it. It, it, it. I thought it was great. I was never, like, mad or anything. I laughed my butt off about it. He uh, he told me in the interview, you need to stop eating hot dogs and watch the race, and that'll be in – you know, that's on the post-race uh, interviews, so thanks a lot for that. Um, Stop eating hot dogs and watch the race. All right. Um, hey, before we get to that incredible win and, and what a race that was, and, I mean, it was it's hard. I'm not a cheerer in the press box. I'm not a guy to freak out over what's going on on the track, even when the great Tim Ferry um, was out there. Um, but I, And I didn't cheer, and, and, but it was hard. I, 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 it was a, a really cool thing. No doubt, and I think everyone was was pretty amazed. But before we get to that, it was the retro race. We, I felt like if the if the, if the retro race a few years ago in two thousand and four, eight, six, six, six. I knew if, I knew if I just kept hitting the even numbers, I would get it. Yeah, uh, nice. Um, Who do we appreciate? If if you hit if the, the two thousand six retro race was everyone in the pool, everyone jump in and embrace this. Then this was like sticking your foot in to see how, how warm the pool was. I, it, it wasn't really bought into, and and it maybe wasn't publicized enough or something. It was a cool idea, but I felt like it was a, a mixed bag. Yeah, I agree. I think the uh, for the teams and the gear brands and the riders, I think it's played out. I think they've been there, done it, and they're not really that interested anymore. Uh, every team that I talked to and said, like, hey, it seemed like this wasn't publicized or we didn't know anything about it. Everyone said, oh, no, no, they gave us plenty of advance notice. Like, they chose not to buy in. Um, right, yeah. On the other side of it, us, uh, personally, uh, I found out about it, I think, Saturday or Sunday last week. Like, for example, at Anaheim 1, did you hear anyone say, when we come back here in two weeks, it's a retro night? No. I knew nothing about it. On, on Sunday afternoon, Denny Hartwig is like, hey, we're putting together a big press day with all the former champs this Thursday. So try to get some people there. And I'm like, really? Five days in advance? Five days. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the best you could do. Let the media know five days in advance. This hasn't been planned for a while. Yeah. And then, you know, there was a big Honda signing. I mean, Honda's had all these great Supercross champions, and they're underneath the tent. And I don't know if anybody really knew when or where. It was a small little Oh, I didn't even know that out. happened. Right. Really? Yeah. And it's like, you know, that would have been a great time to go over there and get some photos. I mean, hopefully we did. I, I don't know. But no one talked about it, you know. We, yeah. you, you saw JMB wandering around like a lost child. Well, this goes back to the, the theory I had said in Retro Night in 06 or whatever even numbered year it was. You know, the highlight of that night was supposed to be Bailey and Johnson, um, you know, Bailey on a Honda and Johnson on a KTM, just like it was back in those days, um, doing like a Anaheim 86 victory lap, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about this not even that long ago. The crowd didn't even really cheer, because I think most of them in the crowd weren't even born in 1986. And were like, who are these guys? I remember, I've heard about Jeremy McGrath, and I love Ricky Carmichael. Uh, and it's the same thing happened here. Like, mm-hmm. there wasn't really a huge pop when any of these guys came out, although... You and I, although, like you said, we don't like to cheer from the press box, we did all we could for JMB. We did. Feel bad for the we guy. did. Nobody no, cared. I not, saw him walking around, yeah. rider seating, pits, no one recognizing him, no one talking to him. Sad. Because none of you bastards did it in 91. And so, Weege <laughs> and I tried to bring that up. I think, though, look, they introduced every Supercross champion I think there ever has been, right? Are we missing any? Did we? Well, Bailey... Whatever happened with Bailey, and I guess Jimmy Weiner just said he had a family emergency. He didn't make it, so okay. otherwise. Yeah, and, and Bailey's yeah. name was on the intro, so I don't know what went on there, but Bailey was there, apparently. But oh. after McGrath, which of course brought the house down, or the semi-packed house, bad attendance, by the way. Um, right. Yeah, like not, not as good as you'd think. Um, nope. I would say Chad Reed might have got the second most applause. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, crazy. Well, I I think uh, a lot of that is the relevance too. I don't. I think a lot of those the crowd there has no idea who a lot of those guys are. Well, and Chad Reed is yeah, still competing. Yeah, but they know Stewart and Reed and Carmichael. Yeah, Stewart got a lot. Or Stewart got a lot of applause too. Yeah, I felt, I felt like Reed won though. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, right. I think Chad Reed's popularity is at an all time high. Yeah. Uh, the last year or two, it's been ever since he started his own team and yeah. kind of transformed this thing. He's much more there, popular than he was when he was at Yamaha. There's that song too, "All Time High." You can play that maybe next time he comes out. That would be more like Jake Canada. Um. So, <laughs> and another thing with the retro thing, um, like I don't like it, JT. You you guys uh, at Fly Racing there, um, like Weston Pike and Chisholm and Les Smith had retro looking bikes, but all modern gear. And, of course, you can't really make retro gear because you guys haven't been around that long. Um, Kenny Roxon's gear was retro. Justin Brayton's gear was retro. And their bikes were retro. Josh Grant had the exact opposite of retro gear on his yellow Yamaha. Like, you kind of have to go all in on the package. Do you agree, JT? Yeah, I think it's tough. Um, you know, for us as a brand, it's the retro thing, is, I think it's really cool. But we really try to sell what we race in. So, yeah. For us, it doesn't really make a, a bunch, a lot of sense to go make one-off gear, uh, business sense-wise. So, I, I know as a company, we think it's really great, but it's a but, lo- but, it's a huge expense and a lot of work just to make stuff for one but, weekend that we're never going to sell. But you agree with me? Like, you, if you're, I think you feel like you have to go all the way in to the ride. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's just kind of one of those things where we sponsor a lot of teams and that kind of thing, so it's tough to coordinate with everyone. I thought the Cycle Trader bikes looked good. I thought the JGR bikes looked good, but they were just you know mismatched with gear and and Brayton's gear looked really good because it was retro O'Neill stuff. But then I looked at some photos and that O'Neill just 
they couldn't do it. They they put a skull on the front. They put a skull on the front. <laughs> Just, hey, we got some retro gear. It looks bitching. We need a skull. Dig up a skull, someone. <laughs> like, we didn't have skulls in retro days on gear. but Indiana Jones had skulls. Not on gear, though. Yeah, that's true. Maybe a satchel had one emblazoned on it. Skeletor had skulls. Um, so, okay, so do, are, we, are we all in agreement that the Honda blew everything else out of the water? I think JGR was a, was a good look with the Honda with the fork protectors, and they didn't race with the fork protectors, correct? Right. No, they did not. Yeah, but their look for photos and stuff was, was incredible. Easily number one. Yeah. JGR's bike, okay, yeah, good. But yep. the factory Honda, wow. Yeah, it was awesome. They went to town. And, of course, uh, you know, Wygant gets into a Twitter beef with David Villeman over what year it is. So, ruins everything for everybody. Yeah, I should have realized that everyone was going to flex there. I know more about the history of the sport muscle on that particular weekend. I mean, all those and, – and not that this is certainly not just Villeman. Like, everyone was just trying to out-up each other and how long I've been around, how many things I know. Although, I do have to give credit. I would have bet money that Bevo was going to be walking around with a sign saying I've been here for all 40 years, but I actually never really heard – I even hung out with him for a brief moment on Saturday. He never really got into that. I was amazed that he contained himself. Hmm. Yeah. I was waiting for him and McCarty and any other dudes who had been around forever to rub in that they've been around forever. Right. Yeah, right. I know. People do like to let you know that. No doubt about it. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, Troy Lee – told me they were the ones that painted the plastic and frame on Barsha's bike, and the look they were going for was to match the 1989 Honda. And that just as they were saying that, Jeff Stanton walked up, and he said, I really like the look of that. And I'm like, yeah, what year is it supposed to be? They're like 89. And he's like, yeah, I really like it. Yeah, shocker, you think? Shocker. 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 Big fan of 89 yeah. bikes, yeah. Well, you remember that. They did blow it. It did have a blue seat, which, yeah, that's, that was not accurate if it really wanted to be an 89. Yep. No, it was kind of a mixture. 88 had the dark red, blood red look. Uh, 89 was a little bit lighter. Uh, 87 was orange-ish, so orange-red, so yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the race itself, I guess. Is there anything else about Retro do we, do we need to talk about? We we wish – what about the track? Did we like the track? Track, track JT, you raced that track back when it was uh, um, the real track. Um, you thought yep. it was pretty tame. Uh, I, well, not all of it. Uh, some things were pretty realistic, but – yeah, the one section we talked about kind of on the pre-show, mm-hmm. I think is, uh, yeah, it's, it was definitely toned down. And I don't really understand it because the riders, I think, have evolved skills and the bikes are are obviously much better. So how does that translate into an easier track? I don't really follow that logic. Other than trying to keep the riders safe, I think, which is a huge concern for them. They want to keep their show and have all the guys at all the races. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing I could really attribute it to, but it was kind of, for me, having raced back then, it was kind of a letdown because I know how tough that section was originally. It was pretty fun. And <laughs> they're going on about how the king, you know, oh, they both knew exactly what they were, each other was talking about with this dragon, double dragon back section, and the king was doing it, like, you know, better than anybody else, of course, and they were getting all excited, both of them. Uh, yeah, but unfortunately that section wasn't even there this time around, was it? Well, no, it was just the real tame. Yeah, it was just real. There was yeah, no, no yeah. ability to do that. So I thought it was just right. kind of funny. Um, well, I, I don't know. I guess uh, I don't know if Reed gave this to you guys in any of the interviews you heard, but um, he, he had a – you'll see it in Monday Convo, which we're posting tonight. People freak out because we post Monday Convo on Sunday night now, I know, and crazy. But he said he did track walk with Barnett, who uh, uh, built the track back in 01. Mm-hmm. 
he says Barnett is like, what is the deal? What the hell's the deal with this track? It's not even close to the way it was. And Reed said he watched <laughs> films, and it was horrible, and the tracks were so much better then. And Reed said that it was they were going 10 seconds a lot faster uh, than they did in 01 on Saturday night. And suddenly he said, that has nothing to do with the bikes. What? You know, all, all of a sudden, in this situation, the bikes haven't gotten any better. It's literally 10 seconds of track tameness. All of a sudden. He said that? He, wow. Yeah, you'll read it. Yeah, a direct was, quote. He says, he and that has nothing to do with the bikes. It's literally because the tracks are being tamed down that much. He was still drunk on champagne. Well, I think it's a little bit of the bikes, maybe a second or two, you know, but not 10. The, the track no, no, was much I, I more agree. tame. I, yeah. I agree that it's not all bike, but I don't think right. you can't say it's all track either. No. Well, yeah, if you, if you put Chad Reed or take your pick of top guys in the race in 2001, they run away. The bikes are the on bikes a four-stroke. Yes, yeah, so they put them on a four-stroke back then. Right, they're gone. Right. Yeah, see right. you later. Yeah. Um, lots of hey, three flat tires that I know of, Albertson, Way, and James Stewart in practice. Um, talking to Brian Fleck from Dunlop, he's like, yeah, dude, there's big, huge rocks out here. He's like, and, and they're right on the faces of, like, landings and stuff. So um, that's a little weird. I don't know. Last time I saw three flats in a supercross. So. There was a lot of talk about how rocky it was after yeah. the track walk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. makes you wonder, JT, what, what are we going to see for A3? Because it's the same dirt. Yeah, well, and, and uh, my VIP guys were asking me this weekend during track walk how, you know, why there were so many rocks in the track. And basically what happens, um, for people that don't know, is it, they bring in the dirt. They buy the dirt, and it's, it's typically, you know, it's Southern California clay. But if any time there's any kind of rain situation, They'll basically go buy road fill, like gravel, to, to put on the track to soak up some of that mud. The problem is once you bring that in, uh, it stays. You know, until they buy new dirt years down the road, that those rocks are not going away. So you just continuously have to deal with these rocks every year. For that one, to save that one night, you deal with years of, of these rocks. So that's kind of what we saw on the weekend. Hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the race. Uh... Man, uh, like I said, really, really cool to see Chad Reed pull this thing off. And JT, you you, you were never more motivated to see him win, <laughs> and, and it worked. It worked. Um, you guys we, doubted my doubted my uh, you know talent. language, yeah, but it talent. worked. Uh, and retro night too. What better way to have Stewart and Reed going at it? I thought that was so funny that you know just just you know both those guys are on the backside of their careers and. We don't know how many more wins they got in them, and uh, but yet there they are, at the end, going at it. And um, that line that Chad had coming out of the tables where he would triple on, um, that was a lot faster. JT, that was that was his race right there. They were doing it. A lot of guys were doing it during the day, but somehow no one started doing it in, in the main event. I guess to protect the inside. Once Chad started doing that, he started moving forward. Yeah, and, and what I think happened was guys were doing it in practice for sure. Um, and I think that at the beginning of the night in the heat races, it was quite a bit tackier than, at, than in the main event. And the guys were basically would drift to the inside through the end of the whoops and then protect that inside and go. Um, but as the night went on, it got slippery and slipper, slipperier, and they would have to slow down uh, more and more, and they would really not have any feel. Uh, and then Chad kind of went back to the outside, and you could basically, instead of trying to to skate across it inside, he would just rely on the berm. And then on top of that, then he would allow himself to triple onto that section. So not only did it help with the traction issue, it also sped up the, the rhythm. So it was, it was a great line. I think all of them were capable of using it, but it was one of those things where 
he was behind him. He kind of had the, you know, he didn't have anybody right on his wheel, which he even talked about, and he could kind of try different things and see what worked and what didn't. I'm surprised. Down no, that line, and, uh, and that was the key. I'm surprised no one switched to it, though, after well, he I don't got think him. they knew. I don't think they knew he was going they there. They didn't know what you know, he Roxton, was well, I think Roxton saw it, but by that time it was too late, and then Stewart had no idea. You know, and I was sitting in that in that side of the stadium, like literally in that turn on the other side of the stadium. Mm-hmm. And I was all the guys I'm with. I'm like, he's going to get him right here because Stewart has no idea he's going out there. He hasn't seen Chad go there, mm-hmm. and he's just going to surprise him. And, and obviously, he got there, he got around him before that section, but he would have gotten him there, no problem. Oh yeah, and no, he did to Roxon. Yeah, that was coming. That was coming if he hadn't gotten him there. Um, yeah, uh, I'm surprised that like the next, le- so he gets Stu right, and he comes up to that section. And I have yet to watch the race. I watch football all day today. But he comes up to that section, and he uh, doesn't – he still goes wide. Doesn't protect the inside. And I was like, okay, he's like – you know, it, that's pretty ballsy. Like, I would think he would be like, okay, I can't go wide. Stu's are right on me. But he still did it and well, pulled it off and then pulled – Yeah, it and, and I think that they had to slow down so much because there was literally zero traction. Mm-hmm that he knew how slippery it was on the inside, and there's no way that they could just force it in there and still be able to stop. Okay, yeah, so yeah. He, he was relying on that his ability, because you could carry a lot more speed into that outside, basically into the berm. You could rely on your, you know, having the berm to turn on. Mm-hmm. So he just charged in there, made sure he, he you know, pushed right. into that turn really hard to use the berm, and he's gone. By the time Stewart could really get there and be able to force it, he was already gone. Weege, what does this win mean for Chad? Like, what? I mean, does this change everything, or is this just, you know, would you like to make fun of me for my Stewart talk? And you've said many times, he's going to have his good nights, then he'll have his bad nights. Um, you know, he's just going to be at this point in his career. So is, are you still on that boat with this Chad Reed thing? This was just a good night, and he'll find his proper spot, quote-unquote, as we go on? Or, or does this really mean that he, he can win this thing? No, I thought Reed was going to be good. You know, going into the year, I, re- I really did, I, you know, maybe win the title level. You know, to expect someone to beat Villapoto's tough. But I thought you'd see Reed close to where he was, um, you know, in his better years, 12 and 11, not like last year. I, I didn't think he'd be as bad as last year. So I'm not. I'm really not shocked. I, I thought he'd at least win a race. I mean, I don't think I expected it this early or maybe in this manner. You know what I mean? He chewed through these guys. That was really impressive. But, um yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be there the whole time. And the thing about Chad is that this has always been the case. He has to be, he has to be the all-time most stubborn rider yeah. ever. He's, he, no one has ever come back from, like, no, the, he's, he's, all the mental stuff that we know about this sport does not apply to him at all. All he needs, is a, all he like needs is a goalie mask. You can't kill him. That's yes. it. Yeah, you can't. It doesn't matter what you do. You set him on fire, drop Drop a dumpster on him. He's coming yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, well, I think this. I think this is nothing new, though. You no, know, no, no, them. no, no. Yeah. yeah. No, he's been doing it for ten years or however. Yeah, I mean, Ricky and James used to demoralize him, and he would just come back fighting the next weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. No, yeah. And he, I remember the frustration when when he would get beat by by Stewart or Carmichael. People would get so mad because after the race, Chad would never completely give in like no. he would never just no. say the words i can't compete with them he would never give in no but this is why he doesn't give in he never gets to that point and that's what allows him to keep coming back with these wins for 10 plus years yeah, coming he, back for improbable victories he's real good at fooling himself like when he was getting beat down like he he would maybe say ah, the fork was off or <laughs> like 
He yeah, ne- yeah. yeah, he uh, never – and people be like, oh, he makes excuses. Well, he just never wants to, you know. And to yeah, his- that's why they do it. Right. That's why you always hear them blame the bike. For better or worse, I'm not, I'm not justifying it, but that's why they're always, nah, the bike wasn't right or the track wasn't right or the tire was off or this or that because right. they don't want to ever put the – you know, question their own confidence that they can do it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a great. Very telling that the guys that you know, the guys who usually don't do that kind of thing, are the guys that everyone complains about. Uh, you know, they need to, to to push harder or do more. You know, like you know, Andrew Short is one of the probably the most honest guys. So if he gets beat, he'll just tell you he gets beat, right? Right. But that often is one of the differences. I mean, I, I'm sure talent plays a role in all that stuff too. But the dudes who are least honest and are maybe the most weird win the most races because of that. Honesty mm-hmm. is not the best policy at this level of, of sport. And then, and I, will say, I will say, though, that Ricky Carmichael was pretty good about it. When Stewart came out and just beat him, he would give Stewart credit and just say, I got, I got beat tonight. I think that was more of a, 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 a media move. I, like, do, I think yeah. Carmichael's like, people hate making excuses. I'm just going to own it, move on. There'll be no controversy in the press or the fans, and then I'll deal with it myself internally. And I think... I think Carmichael might have been the only guy who knew he could work hard enough and be like, yeah, I did get beat tonight, but I'm confident I can figure out a way to get him back next week. When you were uh, around Carmichael's posse, they let you know plenty of reasons why think defeats happened, even if Ricky himself was saying different things, you know, because they, they, I, I, I do believe Ricky got much smarter after he was booed um, at the U.S. Open. Yeah. So um, I think that, yeah, I think we just ride. I think because – we didn't have the World Supercross rounds, and it was the heart rate monitor, and then we had uh, everything start to Daytona a bunch of times. The people around him, the people around him, yeah, but I have to say that there were races where Carmichael actually maybe even didn't get beat straight up. Like, there were times where something stupid happened, like lappers or whatever, and that would cost him the race, and he would still just say, nope, no, 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 I got beat. Right. I think he just knew people, fans don't like that, don't like that kind of thing, but did you part, uh, of, the, part of the game, man. you got to do it sometimes, <clears throat> I understand. JT, I know you were probably, you know, tearing up and having trouble seeing. Like, at what point did you think he was going to win? Or what, like, when did you see, like, Stewart was holding strong and it was, you know, Chad was coming, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. And, and, and Chad made up a lot of time on that, on, you know, one, that one lap. Like, did you think he could win? And be honest, did you think he could win, say, lap 10 or 12? Like, were you? Um, you know what? I actually even said this out loud, when Villapoto crashed, uh, that about halfway through that lap, I saw that they were all basically pretty close together. And I knew James wasn't, you know, quote-unquote feeling it. Like, he wasn't just out of there, you know. Like, he was kind of, everyone was kind of together on the same pace. And I think that when James is like that, then he's vulnerable. Um, you know, there are just nights sometimes where nobody it has James Stewart's pace. Whether he crashes or not, it's a different story. But sometimes he's just on and nobody's touching him. And I didn't feel like he was like that last night. I felt like he was one of the top guys and everybody was kind of on the same pace. So when Villapoto crashed, I said, well, here's your chance. You know, mm-hmm. just like Anaheim won, it was yeah. the same situation. I was like, here you go. If you want to win, if you really want to win and put yourself at the top, now is your chance. Everything's lined up for you. Um, you know, guys have made mistakes. You haven't made a mistake. You're going to have to earn it. You're going to go get it. But this is your shot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't really know if, you know, once he started impl- uh, using that line, I, I kind of saw an opening for him because I really no- didn't know how he was going to get around those guys. Um, but then, you know, really when he made the pass 
I still wasn't sold because I know how James Stewart, how good he is at fighting back. Yeah. But he gapped him so quickly. James missed the triple in right when Chad passed him, and he got such a good gap, and then he nailed that section right after, after that, that, and he had yeah. a good gap. And, and I really felt like Stewart kind of – I don't want to say gave up because that's not really fair to Stewart, but I, I felt like he kind of relegated himself to getting second. I don't – you know, you didn't see that, that strike back by James. He was kind of like, okay, well, you know – I don't really have anything left to give, so that had to chap Stewie's ass. Chad Reed catching. I'm sure. It, I'm sure it did. And, and I'll tell you what. I, I panicked. Well, I wouldn't say panic, but I was holding my breath that last lap when Chad didn't jump the three three, mm-hmm. and James came right up on him. And I, I think Chad thought he had a bigger gap than he really did. Then he got. Then he got on it. Then he was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, it made me nervous. Yeah, for sure. Because I knew if James had any shot, he was. You know, there was a lot of block passes and takeouts in those last two turns. So. You were, uh, in, the, in the end, it all worked out, but it was a little little nerve-wracking for a second. You were very motivated to watch that. Extremely motivated, yes. Um, so, hey, Weege, we got uh, – I got people tweeting me saying, oh, Dungey read your column. And now I'm, I'm like, no, no, he did not read my column. But there's no doubt that uh, thing that I was talking about, that everyone was talking about, Ryan Dungey's lack of aggression, this week he got angry. It was angry Dunge out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he went... Uh, well, it's much you know, like uh, Alpine Stars overcompensating for criticizing the gear uh, of uh, Barsha, <laughs> so they put gold flake on it. I think this is him overcompensating. Probably should have just put Suck It Mathis on the back of his pants. Um, he was different, though. He was on it. Uh, I mean, he... You even... know, uh, when we were arguing about Dungey last week, uh, JT, you brought up an interesting point where I said, name me one time where Dungey's cleaned somebody out, and you said Weimer. And that's absolutely true. And I think when that happened at the time, he hit Weimar a couple times early that year. He did. He did, yeah. Yeah, there's like no respect shown. And I believe at that point the theory was like, well, you clearly see that for whatever reason, Dungey does not have the respect level for Weimar that he does. These other guys that he's normally racing, you know, Villapoto or Stuart Reed, whatever. Uh, I think that's the case. Like the RCH guys, they were were fair game for Dungey in the heat race. Oh, Tickle and Hill, I'm not worried about them. I'll, I'll clean them out. That's fine. Yeah. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that with the other guys. Um and then how about he became a winner crash guy in the uh, main event too? Came in the cow. Yeah. I, well, but did yeah. you see the last turn against R V? Yeah, and they did catch it on TV. I'm literally just watching it right now, like, wow. I talked to did you talk to any of the Cowie guys after oh, about yeah. that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. They, of course they have their take. It was the door was not open. Was there. Yeah. Was I yeah, I got the same thing. Um yeah. And, and, and watching it in person on the replay, it didn't look like there was room, though. It didn't look like a smart move. But but this is the new Ryan Dunge. Dunge. This is the new angry Dunge. Yeah. Um, um, he, and, and actually, to, to Chad's credit, in my interview, Chad said, I think Dunge would have won the race if he hadn't gone down. He was riding very well. Yeah. So yep. um, what do you think, JT? Is he's changing his ways? I mean, I, Roger, Roger had to have been pissed. Didn't, wouldn't give me an interview last week. Uh, there's no, I, I have no doubt that Roger was pissed about that. Maybe there was a lot of words. Maybe he said, "Ryan, you're gonna have to take this thing." Well, yeah, and I think there's no doubt it was clearly a different, uh, you know, approach to the race from Dungey. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is for me: Was he, you know, obviously in the heat race, his last last lap pass um, that got him into the race was really aggressive. Um, and then we, you saw the, the crash of Villapoto at the end, but was the crash when he was winning 
you know, was that also because he was approaching the race to the point, being more aggressive and trying to attack the race instead of letting it come to him, which we've seen from him? I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was just a random mistake and he was trying to do everything the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I will look at is, okay, this approach, and he's got to be more aggressive, and he came away with the sixth place when he could have won. You know, I, I don't know. I just don't know if the, the first crash was just a random mistake, which we never see from him, or he was maybe pushing harder than, you know, typically he would. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, the crashes, the other crashes uh, could have cost him as well. So I just don't know if it's necessarily going to work out for him just, saying, okay, screw it, I'm just going for it. You know, I, I don't know. Well, it's, I guess time will tell, but I know it was cool to see him. You know, a lot of guys are just like, man, he just doesn't try. He doesn't, he doesn't have it in him, whatever. Well, obviously he does have it in him, and it's been a conscious effort to not race like that before because he just showed that he can do it if he wants to. So yeah. what, I, what I'll be most interested to see is obviously they have team meetings and they'll have uh, basically kind of uh, – you know, like a press briefing or whatever you want to call it after the race, and they'll go over the race and watch the tape and all these kind of things. Will they keep going down the same same path? Or, you know, that I think that will be telling what we see out of Ryan Dungey next weekend after he obviously got into a got into a Bill Poto, um, had crashes. He crashed in practice, which we never see. Crashed in the main event, which we never see. Uh, so it's kind of a, an atypical weekend for Dungey. It'll just be interesting to see if he keeps that up or if he reverts back to his old ways. Uh, we, uh, Villapoto, he, uh, so he, he's leading Anaheim one and he goes down and, uh, gets fourth. And then this week going for the lead, you know, on James Stewart, he makes contact, goes down. I don't think there should, not that there is, but there should be no panic in, in, in the Villapoto camp. No, I mean, that was kind of a bizarre situation with Stewart where Stewart's leg ended up in his front wheel and that's what took him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't believe it's possible it's not like Stewart did that on purpose. It was just a weirdo racing incident. Oh, I believe no. it was you that once told the AMA they're not F one ta- or F sixteen tactical fighters. They can't be that accurate. Yeah. With where they put legs and fork legs and you know what I mean. Like that was just incidental. So I think if you're Villapoto, very realistically, you could say, well, we could have won all three races. It could be three and zero right now. I no one so. else could say that. No, no, I think no, not not. Not one rider has made the podium all three races so far, so we're definitely seeing. Yeah. We got three different race winners. We're seeing. But some he parody. could have won all three races. Yes. No one else could was in contention. Like Roxon wasn't going to win last weekend. He didn't win this weekend. Reed had a bad Phoenix on and on it goes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he's he's fine. Right, right. No, yeah. no, no panic over there, Team RV. No, but look no. who has a points lead, JT Roxon. Wow, got the points lead again. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, the he's, question I have is: Are we going to see? The same thing happened last year where Bill Poto struggled at the beginning. He didn't look like the clearly best guy. I, I didn't feel anyway after watching the first few races. I didn't think he just stood out as, oh, he's definitely the best guy. But then after several races, he did. He just caught fire and got on a streak, and before he knew it, he was way ahead of everyone. So will we see that same scenario play out where he's had a few, you know, he's made mistakes and, you know, it doesn't appear to just have everyone covered. And then all of a sudden, he just he does and then, you know, catches fire and the season's over. Uh, oh, that, that's what I'm looking, kind of looking at and wondering in my head is, how is this going to play out? You know, is, mm-hmm. has everyone closed the gap to him? Or is it just like last year where he's made the mistakes and opened the door and he's going to sort that out and start winning races? Um, Brady? He's done that quite a bit. You know, even outdoors, there's been years um, where he was, only as good as everyone, and then last couple of races, all of a sudden he found another gear. So uh, 
I think that's why they're not worried. Um, Brayton's for real. He he was on the board all day. He, of course, he got second last week in Phoenix. This week, he's on that lead pack. You know, he doesn't get the start he needs, but he's right there. He's following those guys. No problems. No one's catching him. Dunge goes down. RV goes down. He they don't catch him. You know, uh, they're and they're pushing each other hard. Nobody catches him. He takes an, a solid fourth place. Um, Brayton's. This is an early. This is a surprise, Weege. This is the early season surprise. Yeah, plus that line, that outside line into the tabletops, uh, Reed said that's actually who he saw do it in practice, and then Brayton did it in that heat race. I mean, <laughs> Brayton beat Villapoto for a heat race win straight up. Yes. Uh, and it was magical because you and I ducked into the Toyota suite next to the press box just to watch that heat race, and then he beats Villapoto straight up, and we got free pizza out of it. It was awesome. Wow. You, you just said you, we ducked into there to watch the race. I ducked in there for the pizza. And it happened to be Brayton's heat race. Uh, that's that's probably more accurate. And oh. then, you know, after the heat race, we opened up the fridge to get a drink, and there was just there were lots of beers in there. I was thinking of just cashing out for the day. That was it, yeah. Right there. Man. Yep, he, I'm not going to be capable of any work in the next after about a half hour. He's good. He's good. Yeah, he is. Like, the whole thing that he's been saying is, I mean, just repeating it over and over, racing the guys I'm supposed to be racing with. And regardless of the result, fourth or second last week, that's what he's done. He is in that pack. He's in that elite. You can't argue it at this point, at least these last two weeks. He clearly was more part of the Villapoto Dungy type group than anyone behind that. And if you right re- now he is. If you rewind this podcast to A1, I'm, I, I, we probably were all in agreement, but I know I said Brayton's Anaheim one ride was good and no one will talk about it because he, he rode well. And he, and he mentioned that again to me last night. He's like, I felt like Anaheim one was good. You yeah. know? So. Yeah. Um, JT, do you do you think like this? Uh, you sold on this? You're you're with us. You're this is this is what we're going to see from, from here on out. Yeah, I think uh, there's no reason to say otherwise. Um, obviously, things change throughout the season. Uh, you know, one crash or one incident can change everything. But he's definitely given us no reason to doubt that he will be you know a factor at every race. Yeah. Cool. We talked about that in the pre-race podcast, JT. You were saying it. You can see little things that show confidence. Like he was the first guy out in the free practice and jumped everything immediately. You can see all these differences when a guy's feeling it. On the board. There right he, now. He, he's third. He gets knocked down to fifth, puts another lap, comes back to third or fourth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he's certainly not intimidated, and that's half the battle, I think. When you haven't won races and you're maybe not the guy or, or you know, if if other guys don't think you're the guy, intimidation factor or just believing in yourself is a huge part of the game. And you can you can just see it. He's passing go photo back. He doesn't hesitate. He does you know, he thinks he's supposed to be there and that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of guys say, but I don't know that they really believe it, and you can tell that he really believes it. Yeah. Wow. Justin Bray. You know, like perfect example, Josh Hill before the season, and I'm not trying to knock Josh Hill at all, but he does an interview where he says that he expects to be top three in points. And I don't know that he really believed that as much as he was just trying to make himself believe it, if that makes sense. He yeah. was almost trying to talk himself into it instead of really, really believing that was going to happen. Yeah. He'll have a good night. Yeah, and this all actually goes back to that whole thing we were saying with Reed. Like, it's such a subtle difference in, are you really making excuses? Are you really being unrealistic? Are you saying it because it's actually going to make it true, even if it's not supposed to be? It's, it's very complex. 
depending on the situation you're in. And Hill had a good night rebounding from um, from a DN, DNQ. He had a good night. Um, yeah. The uh, we each, uh, talking about Brayton a little more. We didn't get any info. We tried though. J Bone tried to give us info, but it wasn't. <laughs> Keep in right. mind, folks. This is a team manager who tried to direct message Andrew Short about a ride two years ago, and it was just out in the open. He hit the wrong button. <laughs> he hit the wrong button. So, yeah. so this week, Weege and I are uh, coming down from the press box, and J Bone FaceTimes Wygant. Like pocket pocket dial FaceTime. Right. Well, no, but you were holding the phone. It said FaceTime. You're like, you said this is, has to be a pocket dial. I don't see why J Bone needs to see my face right now. <laughs> well, because I had texted him to say, is Josh Grant okay? Because Grant didn't ride the final practice. So he texts back, yeah, he's okay. So, you know, it's like my number was probably the top thing yeah. on his phone. Yeah. So 30 seconds later, I get a FaceTime from him. I'm like, he clearly doesn't want to do this, so I just hang up. It rings again FaceTime. I'm like, he's pocket dialing me. And then the third time, I'm like, wait a minute. We could really have some fun with this. Yeah. <laughs> so our plan was to walk all the way from the press box all the way into the JGR truck, which would be about a 10-minute walk with him on FaceTime the whole time, and then show him himself within my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and we're trying to listen in. It's like team meetings going on, and we're trying to listen on speakerphone. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I look at Weege's phone. We got it sort of up to our ears. And then I look at Weege's phone. All I see is J-Bone's face like, ah! Like, <laughs> And then, and then just hang up. And then it's just a hang up. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Team manager. Uh, the Jeremy. technology. Jeremy Technology is just not working in J-Bone's favor. They need to take his phone away and uh, just give him like a, a Razor phone or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Grant raced. Um, and in talking to J-Bone, you know, J-Bone's almost honest to a fault at times. Talking to J-Bone in practice, like, Grant went out on Wednesday and was like, oh, I'm, I'm sore or whatever. And so they got Phil Nicoletti on a, on a plane to, uh, to, to come out. And then on Thursday, J-Bone's like, hey, Josh, Grant, we have Nicoletti coming. And Grant was like, why? Well, you're not feeling good. And then magically, Josh Grant went out and rode that day and felt great. So even though Nicoletti didn't get in, he has a, he has a big part to do with Josh Grant racing on Saturday night. I think so. I don't want to give credit because that's giving you credit, but I think this program has actually already had an impact. Everyone is scared of the benching. I'm telling you guys. I think you're right. Um, hey, uh, if well, Pike got seventh, JT. That's your guy. Great ride by Weston. Him and Josh Hill had World War Three going on. It was gnarly. Did you happen to see that? Yeah, and and I didn't. I didn't watch too close. I saw them near each other, but I didn't yeah. really see too much oh. battling going on. I was well, I was pretty it wasn't, enamored with the race in the front. But. It wasn't anything dirty. Don't get me wrong. They were just all over each other. Like it was. It was yeah, just, yeah. They yeah. were they right. were for sure like kind of locked to the hip there yeah. for laps and laps. But I didn't really see anybody doing anything, you know, out of the it's, ordinary. So I was kind of I was kind of watching everything. But I, the race at the front was so interesting, and there was so much going on, crashes and all kinds of stuff. So the. Um, um, btosports.com racer x podcast presented by fox racing hey i want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension yeah that's right some of the top privateers most of the top privateers out there choose race tech long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984 michael lieb vince freeze chris blows cody gilmore and many other guys uh choose uh, race tech suspension and they've been along, around a long time and their their work stands for itself don't forget people at least uh, 
change your oil in your new bike. And use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the Do It Yourself Gold Valve Kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, so I want definitely good, great ride by Pike, but what I wanted to talk about was this uh, this this ship that I'm on with Barsha. We're taking on water. Oh. We're taking on water. We're, we're out of pumps. <laughs> Things are going badly. Things are not <laughs> working out right now. Barsha, 5-5 five, five, and now an 11 after crashing late in the race when he was like 6. Like he wasn't anywhere near the front pack. Um, Honda guys told me that uh, um, he didn't make any excuses last week in Phoenix. Just, you know, just went backwards. Um, this is not good, JT. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's panic button time, but I, I certainly have some questions. Um, and I think he probably has some questions, and I would assume everyone has some questions because we all know that he's capable of more than what he's giving, and we all expected more. So, you know, I don't really have an answer for what's going on, and if you guys do, please enlighten me. But it's strange to me. Yeah. He doesn't look injured or, you know, you can't really see what's wrong. He just doesn't have that fire. He doesn't have that Justin Barsha aggression that I'm so used to seeing, and it's it's weird to me. It's really it's really strange. Weej, I can't believe you said he would challenge Villapoto for this title. Yeah, yeah. What did I say that he would be the um, the closest challenger? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me. That was me that said that. Uh, you know what? Here's what makes it more surprising. It would be. I think this is the biggest surprise of the year. If you had told me after Anaheim won that. Two weeks from now, Reed will have won a race, or Roxham will win the opener. I think I would be like, you know, I could see Reed winning a race. I could see Roxham winning a race. Beginning of the year seems crazy, but I could see that happening. But if you told me that Barsha would go 5 5 11, mm-hmm. that is way more shocking than Reed or Roxham having a win, or Roxham having the points lead, or Tomac crashing out, or anything that's happened. And it's even weirder because he actually was riding good when the year began. We've seen riders come in and have a horrible season. You know, it's like, who knows, maybe they, they discovered alcohol or something in the month of October, and they're like, where have you been my whole life? And then they suck when Anaheim 1 rolls around. But he was the fastest guy in Anaheim 1. And for the first 10 laps last week at Phoenix, you're like, oh, he's going to win this for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so weird. The first 30 laps of the year, he might have been the best rider. And the last 30 laps, he has been terrible. It's like... How does that happen? It's like, you know, Anaheim 1 doesn't go as good as he wants, and so he tries harder at Phoenix, and that doesn't work out. Now he's trying harder at Anaheim 3, and that went to shit. It's, uh, yeah, it's not a good start yeah. for him. Not, not no, good over I'm, there. I'm really confused. I, I've never seen a guy, like, drop off. Like I said, if he showed up 30 pounds overweight and with chicks on his arms at Anaheim 1 and sucked, he'd be like, well, we've seen this happen before. What, but, about, what about the hair? You guys anything to do with it? He had the short hair the whatever, the 10 laps in Phoenix that he was going after the lead with Brayton. Yeah, but maybe he didn't realize he had the short hair until halfway through the main. Then oh. he was like, ah, I got short hair. I look like a boy band guy. When he and Brayton collided, was there like a 
was there like a vortex of like the power of Barsha like was transformed <laughs> into Brayton? Well, I know you're really big on these they types of movies. Places since they've cannot, since they collided there. Oh, I know you're really big on these types of movies, Weege. So um, things I can relate to. So you think this is like Tom Hanks going to the gypsy in the machine? Yes, big. Yes, right. or any of those the the dad and the the son trade places. They hit. They hit. And Weege is a big sci-fi guy. Yeah, big sci-fi. Yeah, uh, so the, the talent and speed of Barsha was transformed. Was with the collision transistorized, right? Into Brayton. Now, did Brayton's did Brayton's magical powers go into Barsha? I mean, five five eleven. The old I think it, again. That, you talk somebody be. at the beginning of the year, Brayton would get that. You'd be like, I could see that happening. Right. Right. Okay. Well, we the could, Zoltar. We could really be onto something here. We could really be onto something. Um, hopefully no one's listening. Like, and you know, do you, do you think Barsha knows chopsticks? You can dance on that piano. Oh yeah. Yeah. I want to be big. I think, uh, you, hopefully no one's listening. You know, you know, someone sending us an Instagram photo of them colliding at Phoenix. It'll by Monday afternoon, we will see this picture with like maybe a, wizard. and then they'll have like Tom Hanks morphed in there somehow, or maybe like a wizard with a a wand and over top with his hands and bolts of lightning and um, feeling up some chick in her apartment, even though he's really only twelve years old. Speaking of <laughs> feeling up some <laughs> chick, part of that movie. Hey, speaking of feeling up a chick in her apartment, uh, BTOSports.com, uh, the lead, leader and sponsor uh, out there for um, BTOSports.com KTM team. They, uh, you, if you have. Uh, if you place an order and you use the word Pulp MX, you save some money. And uh, for your, they got OEM parts now for all sorts of bikes. Everything you need for top to bottom. Uh, gear deals, BTOsports.com has it. And uh, they've been around on this show for a long time. So even when we used to have Ping. Remember Ping, Weege? Who can forget? Uh, who can Ping f- remember? I don't know, yeah. Remember? <laughs> who can remember that? Who can forget the days of Ping? Um, and they've been around uh, for every everything. That they, they got a top amateur team. And those guys at BTOsports.com. Uh, they don't jack up the, any prices for international purchases, and uh, you pay the same prices as people in the USA. Also, um, talking about um, Roxon, while well, he wears Fox gear. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, presented by Fox Racing, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear. Foxhead.com. Check out what they got over there. Uh, JT, I know you'll be visiting Foxhead.com, or you'll be going to your local authorized dealer. Um, all right, do we have everything for 450s? We're running a little bit late here. Um, we can talk about 250s if you guys want. Oh, unless he wasn't feeling good is the word. I talked to the 800 today, and JT, you knew that a little bit. He wasn't wasn't feeling feeling it. Um, yeah. Albertson got a flat. Nick Way got a flat, but still kept jumping everything. Um, and got 15th. By the way, JT, I know you'll appreciate this. I I talked to Nick Way um, after the race. He changed a link, a motor, and a shock. Just well, I'm not shocked. Just, a just tip- to go along with what he changed. Just a typical day over at the 27 pits. Yeah, and Look, we obviously gave him a hard time about it in track walk, in jest, and then he followed through. Yes, he said. He he said to me, "Look, look, look at what I changed." And I look, and he's like, "And and we don't even have the link out yet either." And I'm like, "Yep, I see it." And then he said something like, "You bitches better not, better not talk about it or something." So. <laughs> uh, no yep. word on whether Timmy thought Ivan Tedesco was good or not. Thirteenth, um, that's kind of that's kind of Tedesco's wh- been pretty good. That's kind of where he's going to be, though, right? Like that's where I feel he's going to be. He's maybe pissed or whatever, but 
Either one of you think that that's a bad finish for Ivan Tedesco? If the team said, you know, if he's doing what he needs to do, we're going to keep him around, I would like to think this qualifies as doing what he needs to do. They should be happy with this. Uh, and Will Hahn had I, a oh. I think they, he and they expected more, but this is kind of what I saw happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? I think they're I, I just do. I think, I, think they, I think they had high hopes of being, yeah, I think, I think they saw him as being in the top ten, the end of the top ten. Which is, it's feasible still. Can't you but. see? Can't you see the people in the pits looking at Weston Pike getting seventh and then just being disgusted that they finished behind this guy? Right, that old story. I think those days are coming to an end. I hope I, I so. I really do. Sep- and, hey, and Weston didn't ride all week. Yeah. All right. He 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 ate crap in the most horrible way you can at Phoenix. Didn't ride all week. Comes out and gets a seventh. Like. Him and I have had our differences before, like uh, over the interviews and stuff. I don't know if he's a huge fan, but there, there, you cannot deny these, these, these Anaheim one ride and this ride here. Good. Yep, and that's why that's why I say I think these these rides are becoming more and more the norm, and that's going to lessen that shock, you know, to, that shock yeah. impact of these guys when he's ahead of them. They're just going to consider him one of the guys. If that hasn't already hasn't already happened, it's going to happen soon. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, I saw Pike smiling a lot throughout the weekend. Is this really? New? Did he ever do that before? Ever? I didn't know that. I think. Well, I think he's in a much better place. I think he's got help. He's he's not he's trying not... to figure out how he's what he's going to have to sell to get to the next race. <laughs> um, he, doesn't have to, so I, I just, he doesn't have to enter any bare knuckles contests on Wednesdays <laughs> to get the hundred bucks. I just think he's yeah. I just think he's less stressed out. Low on blood. Yeah. He's like Rambo in Rambo 3. You know, remember when the colonel goes to get him? And he's just in this hellhole in Vietnam fighting to give money for the monastery. You guys remember that? No, I missed it. No. Oh, okay. No. Um, hey, what about what about Freeze boring Blose's his bike and then Blose catching Freeze for the transfer spot in the semi-race? Luckily, they both made it through. But Both races, I think. Was semi and LCQ? Was the LCQ? They were on each other's wheel. Well, yeah. I think. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah. Oh. Pretty funny. Um, How yeah. horrible would it be to get taken out by your own bike? <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> what if Blows couldn't even help it, though? What if the bike had some sort of, like, magical power? We've been on magical powers tonight. So what if the bike has some sort of power that just goes right into your leg? What if you, the bike was mad at Vince for giving him to another guy, you know? Well, you forced me to cheat on you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like a magnet. Oh, that's going to really backfire on Vince. Um, Will Hahn. Well, I just enjoyed the uh, the tweet we had from that fan that said, "Good to hear that he let Blows borrow his bike." Vince is a class act. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, Weed, you immediately copied and emailed it to Jason Thomas. And uh, Jason Thomas was angry. Jason Thomas after that. <laughs> well, he was busy. <laughs> he was he was busy racing GNCCs too. <laughs> JT, uh, uh, yeah. You, so Bevo does some sort of introduction at before A one. Yes, before he won, yeah. And there's a Jason Thomas who is a mechanic. There's a Jason yep. Thomas who used to race for Butler Brothers and German Supercross titles. And there's a Jason Thomas who races GNCCs. Correct. I don't know. You raced professional motocross for 17 years? Yes. Uh, I, did Bevo think this whole time you were also doing GNCCs? I don't know that he knows that I raced. There it was a Supercross Jason Thomas. I don't think he knows that. The best part is you went with it. 
Nah, I, I, I gave that yeah, up. Yeah, no, I gave it up. <laughs> I had enough. So, Those tree, trees are too dangerous. How confused is Beef going to be if he sees Jason Thomas at the opening gene? Oh, wow, he came back. He he told me he gave it up, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's coming back. <laughs> and he grew a foot. I just want everybody to know that that's our TV spotter, by the way. I just want everyone to know. That's who's telling the producer, you know, which guy. So. Uh, Bevo uh, yeah. used to never be able to tell the difference between me and Matt Ware when we were always at the races, just as Racer X guys, except <laughs> Matt is a vegan. So, like, he'd go into the Scott truck and eat potato chip and ketchup sandwiches. <laughs> and then after, like, three years of this, we're at Hilton Beatty's wedding, Hilton Beatty from Parts Unlimited, and, you know, they have the buffet, and I'm standing on with Bevo, and I'm getting whatever, cold cuts and yeah, going to town. cheese blocks. Right, and, right. and he's, like, out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? You've changed. All these years, Wait, what were you just putting me on? And I have to try to think about all this. What is he talking well, about? You, you, oh, he thinks he doesn't know that I'm not that guy. Oh. So just so much just much like, like JT. Oh, it's a special occasion, and then I ran away. Right, much like JT, you just went with it. It's easier. It's easier yeah. to just do that. Right. I think I'm going to start doing it back to him, but I'm going to say call him Jeff Cernick. And every time I talk to him, I'm going to ask him about Pleasure Valley and <laughs> How's dealer Travis sales? Pastrana right. and yeah. all kinds of stuff and just see if he goes with it. Are you moving any of those quads? Are, are, are those new quads moving? Um, <laughs> all right. Will Hahn uh, had a good heat race for sure. Um, and then in the main event, I think he just got a bad start. I, I remember seeing him way back there. Um, Wilbur's aggressive this year. Have you, have yeah. you watched him closely? Man, he's just lighting people up. Well, get out of the way, bro. He came. Oh, I, he's not hitting me, so I don't really care. But he's definitely aggressive. He came out the sticks. The guy's got huge balls when you come out the sticks. Okay. How'd uh, your How'd your uh, award go this weekend? My My balls out award. Yes. Ah, it didn't happen. It's a long story. <laughs> Weimer agreed to do it, and it's just yeah, I never worked. But let me guess, you got shafted. I had <laughs> I had all the props lined up. All the props lined up for the Balls Out Award. Everything was settled and done, and we just couldn't execute. We just couldn't come through. Um, okay. Um, what else? Uh, uh, the, the 250 class, maybe. Yeah, let's talk. Two, maybe, possibly. Let's talk 250s. Now, again, I watched football all day today. I won one uh, ticket. I lost on another ticket, so I split my winnings. Uh, JT, you won both of your tickets. And uh, congratulations on that. Um so I didn't watch this. Does anybody know what Anderson did? Where it was? Figure it out right now. I talked to Kevin Crowther and, and Jeff Canfield. Uh, they said that he jumped a double where red crosses were out, and they said it was pretty, pretty blatant, pretty obvious. And I said, so no one could really argue. And they're like, well, we're not going to say that. Everyone's always going to argue, but it was pretty cut and dry. I'm trying to find it now. I'm watching the footage. Of course, Twitter people I know on Twitter, uh, many have said complete bullshit call. Of course. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Well, look, um, if you're going to tell me that the flaggers weren't that good, and I didn't see this and I need to watch it, but if you're going to tell me that, I'll, I'll buy I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Um, the, the flaggers maybe didn't do a good enough job. I'll totally, totally buy that. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. So no one has an opinion on whether he deserved it or not, I guess. I'm watching it right now. Okay, oh, there's Great radio, bro. But no one. Yeah, knows. yeah, I'm watching it right now. Um, okay, the very first flag in this section is a red cross flag, and the very first jump he doubles. <laughs> okay, so all right. Um, 
Colt, but hey, so Sealy rode great though, JT. Like he, you know, he knew it. You know, he saw Anderson, and you know, he he knew he was getting caught at one point, maybe around lap 15, 14, 15, or no, sorry, it's fifteen. Maybe lap around uh, 11, 12, 10, 11. Yeah. Uh, so he, all those ghosts were coming through, and he he held it strong. Yeah, and that's what we expected all along, right? I just think he was in a little bit better position where he could see Anderson further back and he, he could gauge him, where before he was back there, but it wasn't where you could see him coming other directions and really keep a really good eye on him. Uh, I just think it was a different feel. The, the entire race to me felt different. Mm-hmm. Um, you... Before Anderson was kind of locked on to him, it just felt totally different to me. I, was, I never really was in any, you know, for me, watching Sealy, I was never had any doubt that he was going to win the race. What do you think, Weege? There was one point where Anderson got in a fourth that he looked like he was really going for it. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt that he's these first two races, man, the guy's like, the guy's got some incredible confidence going right now. Like, he seems to just think that he can pull it off from wherever. So there was a brief moment, I'm like, man, he's in fourth, he's coming, maybe he really thinks he can get this, but I think after about a lap, you're like, wait, he's a whole straightaway behind, forget it. So yeah, I agree, it, this is uh, that was Sealy's race all the way. I think so. Sealy's a new points leader with that do- with that penalty with Anderson getting docked, scarily enough. Um, hey, so uh, Weege, can you? I forgot who was it that said Webb was going to podium after the first practice. It was you. Thank you, thank you. I just I just saw something in the kid. By the way, he had the fourth best time in practice, but he got taken away because he. Uh, Missed a jump or something, and then he was complaining. But I was thinking in my mind while he was complaining. But you missed a jump, so like, how can you complain? You had your time taken. Or maybe it was on another lap that he missed the jump, so he got his fastest time taken away. Yeah, those jumps really aren't optional. So right, right, <laughs> they're mandatory most, yeah. most times. But uh, the first flag in a section is a red cross flag, and the first jump, Anderson doubles and. People hit me up on Twitter and said, watch the video, it's bullshit. So you're never going to – there will never be a call ever on earth that's cut and dry. How about that web podium prediction, though? Why can't? Spraying with pump, bro. Uh, and what about Mookie getting his first ever podium, but he didn't even get it because he didn't know until afterwards. So Yeah, that sucks, huh? That sucks, but I guess what are you going to do? Um, Justin Hill – Don't eats- worry, Jim Holly called me today and said that they will interview Mookie for YouTube next week to give him, you know, his due. So that, that will be taken care of. Holly, Don't worry. Sh- Holly should stay off camera for a while. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did any of you guys talk to Holly about that? Yeah, I got the story you did. Yeah, right, he, he made sure. Yeah, right. He, he had a good weekend. Jim had a good weekend. Holly, Holly was pretending to um, – uh, I don't know how to say it. I don't want to get in trouble. Milk a cow? How do we say it without getting in trouble, Weed? You're the, you're the, yeah, milk a cow. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So Holly was like pretending to milk the cow on TV. He got caught. And then I said, yeah, Holly, like, did you get in trouble or how was that? Because that was hilarious. And he goes, no, I wasn't milking the cow. If I was going to milk a cow, I'll show you what I would have done. And then he went into the full pose for me showing the proper way if he was showing how to milk a cow. And I'm like, well, was he use the other hand? That's right. He, he used, used yes, other. yes. He says he doesn't even use that hand. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm not a judge or a lawyer, but it seemed like a good argument. It seemed like it would hold up in a court of law. Well, like, with Jim, there's plenty of evidence. That's why there's there are many witnesses that can step up and be like, no, no, we've seen it. That's not the hand he would have gone to. There's there's no way you can mistake what he did on video as the real thing. Oh no no! We need to bring Swink in for 
for uh, to, to judge this. <laughs> and like and like he said, he's left-handed. So like on the court, in the court, you could throw something at him and see which hand he uses to catch it with. And you're like, aha, he's left-handed. It was, it was, uh, yeah, Jim Holly. Hey, so Justin Hill eats shit in the first turn, goes flying off his bike. The guy was on it, man. He got fifth place. That was the best ride by Justin Hill. If I'm Irv, I'm calling him Josh. Uh, that was his best ride as a pro, J- JT. He wrote great. The, the main question I have is in his post race interviews, he was speaking with a South, uh, pretending to have a South African accent. Mm-hmm. Any of you guys see this or I no. did. hear this? Uh, what, what was that? I'm not sure. I know his trainer is South African, and I'm not sure if there's some sort of, not sure if there's some sort of an osmosis going down. Uh, very awkward. Very awkward. I, I watched it alone, and I was still, I still felt awkward. <laughs> did you feel like Holly? <laughs> Possibly. Um, yeah, great ride for Justin Hill, no doubt. So we talked about Dean Wilson a lot on the Pulp Show and on this thing last week, JT, and I asked you, like, you know, panic time, and you're like, no, 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 no. This week I got a text from you after the main event that just said Code Red. Yeah. This was I think, not I think good. The, the situation has changed a bit. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it's, it's changed. A seventh place, he was third. He was third, right, when he went down? Was he second? He was third. Third. Third when he went down. Um, yeah, yeah, this has got to be – it's not For good. the championship, it's – it's. Uh, yeah, you're you're pulling the parachute. You're hitting whatever, uh, you know, panic buttons you have. You're calling in your mayday. You know, wh- whatever you have, whatever your reinforcements are, uh, you're, you need them ASAP. So, not really sure what's going on. I know he crashed. Um he actually rode all right once he got going. Like, the last couple laps, he actually rode really well. Uh, but I think that was in a no-pressure situation where, you know, he was just basically putting in laps. So, not, I don't really have any answers for you. Uh, <laughs> nah, championship's yeah. not looking so good. He needs to win races and win races now. And the error, so that he, know that. the error that he made was a lot like the error that took him out last year, where he's kind of by himself, looking good, just jumps a little, just makes a small miscalculation. Yep. And boom. Boom, boom goes yeah. the dynamite. Um, not good. And Osborne gets collected up in the carnage. So, screws him out of a race. But like like Zach told me after the race, if you if you don't get a start and Zach can't get the start, then that, that that's the kind of stuff that happens. If you want further evidence of that, ask JT about all 17 years of his racing career. <laughs> what do you think's going on with Osborne's starts? He has a great bike. I don't know. Uh, yeah, kind of strange. I don't know, man. But if you would have... Gone back in time and told me that on your DeLorean and told me that Wilson and Osborne would be – I don't have the points in front of me, but how many points are they down? A lot, right? Already down. Oh, yes. So, oh, yeah. they would, let's see. They, it's 20, 20 plus, yeah. over 20 points. Yeah. 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 I would have said, no way. You're crazy. You know, J- JT, you and I had a good debate about Wilson and Osborne and, and which one's going to win the title and blah, blah, blah. Well, they're, they're both out, maybe out of it now at 20 points down. Because the way Seeley and Anderson are looking, even if one of those jerkies gets hurt, the other one seems to be much better also. So, I'm not willing to say it's over yet, just because these well, guys. Of course not. It all something always happens, but I, I, I can tell you that if they don't start winning races, that it's going to be over really soon. Is this something new? I, I, I kind of, I regrettably maybe went a little overboard last week with my complaining about Irv. Um, I'm still not happy with Irv and all that, but. Is this something new 
this week because Dean Ferris says Murrieta, California in all caps now. Like they're stamping that on the on the AMA sheets. Is it is like Ryan Dungey, uh, Earth? No, I think, I think we've got all that figured out now. I think we don't have like city states and areas and like I think we're good on that. But it's Dean Ferris is the only guy that is all caps Murrieta. Like Murrieta, bitch. You know. <laughs> Doris, uh, Doris, trying to make a point. Apparently, yeah, yeah, no, he is from Marietta, so um, it, was, it was all caps uh, after Phoenix too, because Mathis, you sent over um, your observations column, which always has the results in it, and it was all caps there. Mm. And I thought you were doing that on purpose. No, and I was waiting for you to explain it later. No, but no, you didn't. I did not. No, I just copy pasted. It. Yeah, I didn't even notice really. <laughs> um, is anybody, any of you two? Jerkies want to get on the Valentin Tellier bandwagon with me. We're looking good again. He was on my fantasy team. That's as, that's as much of a bandwagon as I'm getting on. Did he help you? Was that uh, he? He did good enough. Yes. Okay. He, okay. <laughs> he didn't set the world on fire, but I, I'm really not. I'm not ready to join him in his Peugeot or Fiat or whatever he's driving on the bandwagon. But it's 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 not good, Weege, when the French journalists aren't really on his bandwagon. Like they're like happy, but they're not like as pumped as I am. No, I think they're they're covering his races, but they're not exactly saying anything good or bad. They're just covering it. Like you're the only one that's that has like an opinion. I've seen him race a ton. Oh yeah, you have. Yep. Um, grew up in, grew up with him, went to school with him. Absolutely. Uh, he's from Lake Elsinore, California, by the way. Oh, okay. So. A lot of Valentins rolling around. A lot of Valentin, yeah, like. Um, Guaranteed, if he was from Lake Elsinore with a name like Valentin, he would be beat down and never be a professional motocross racer. He would not make it out of school. Especially if he was French. Um, what else? Hey, Dakota Tedder got landed on by Dean. Cleaned out. And uh, still got 12th. That's good. Oh. Wow. Well, he laid there like he was dead. I was I was yeah. really nervous for him. I thought he was hurt pretty badly. And then he comes out in the, you know, and rides pretty decently. So... Glad to see it. It was just a little strange. I, you know, I don't know what was wrong with him, but it looked pretty serious there for a second, and apparently yeah. wasn't. Lead got actually. Nice. They reminds us of the uh, Darren Durham was really out. Like there's out, and then there's out. Yeah, uh, and he's okay. Gnarly, and I, I can't imagine he's not going to race for a little bit. There's no way, right? Because I heard two and a half, three minutes he was unconscious or something. He's not racing. I don't think nowadays yeah, he's going to be back racing in a week. Yeah, I was told by one of the paramedics on the scene that it was a good, it was a solid four minutes on the clock. Wow. Gee. Yeah. And then I heard, too, that when he woke up, he was saying he was in Lake Elsinore. Yeah, and I heard the same thing, but I heard he said Pleasure Valley. So. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. We're starting. I guess we shouldn't really be making no. fun of it. But no, I heard he. Obviously, okay. you know, good okay. he's okay. Well, one more thing before we stop making fun of it. Um. I heard he came too, and they said you ride for eleven ten. He went right back into it. He <laughs> <laughs> said, "Did we make sign up?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, that's enough. Uh, um, but Mitch Payton, man, like, dude, it's falling apart again. It's falling apart again. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. Durham out for for the foreseeable future. I mean, he's definitely not winning the title. That's for sure. He's out, and then. You end up with both Hill and Wilson riding around with jacked-up rear fenders, no podiums for any of the guys. It's like, man, Conic hey, uh, maybe chalk last year up to bad luck, but it's falling apart again. Seeing Cirillo and uh, 
Davalos and Baggett, no pressure. But you got to do something. By the way, did you guys see Cian Cirillo's Instagram today? He's watching DVDs of 2013 East Series. I'm like, Adam, why are you watching that series? Why don't you watch the West? You're not going to get much out of that East. Uh, I think it's I think it's good because no, you earn I'm you earn the tracks you earn the dirt you earn what the tendencies are for you know how they build the the, the tracks based off the dirt yeah I think it's good uh, I'm just kidding um, I was hoping maybe you would launch into a, another tirade um, uh, Justin Bogle looks like to be ready for the East I talked to him for a little bit so he started riding that's good that's good yeah because yeah. um, we thought he'd be out for a while I didn't know he was going to be out there huh yeah that's I didn't know he was going to be ready for East Coast. Yeah, that's pretty impressive recovery there. And uh, Davey Millsaps, by the way, he confirmed it to me. Hopes to be racing by Atlanta. Are you kidding me? Wow. ACL surgery the middle of December, racing by the end of February? Well, our very own Tim Ferry raced at the, uh, man, well, it was either seven weeks or nine weeks he raced after ACL surgery. Not very uh, suggested, but I've, I've seen it done. Seen it done. I like how you said our very own Tim Ferry. Yes. Still waiting yeah. to see who he was impressed by this weekend. <laughs> um. All right. Anything else? A two retro night, the night of champions. Um. Uh, I did see McGrath, Osho. Was Stanton there? Maybe not. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, underneath Chad's tent at the end of the night. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Osho, uh, I doubt it. MC. He was probably with his rider, Bartra. Yeah. I thought I saw, like, two or three. Well, I saw Osho and I saw McGrath. I thought there was a couple other champions underneath there hanging out. Like, hey, yeah, we're back. Maybe it was Hanson. Maybe it was Donnie Hanson. I don't know. But uh, I got to think for any of those guys that probably, like, they channeled themselves through that. Like, the 31-year-old guy winning. I'm mm-hmm. sure they all felt like that was a piece of them. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I think so. I got yeah. to talk to Bob Hanna for a little bit. He was under the BTO Sports uh, KTM truck signing. Hurricane. There was a hurricane warning. He was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't talk to JMB, and that's too sad. That's too bad. I, I did wander over there. I didn't see him. I like JMB. Good guy. <clears throat> sure, he was very busy. A lot of people wanted a piece of his time. Well, I think between him and Carsmakers, it would have just been. Just JMB. Carsmakers, man. Yeah. Yeah. It really it's was. Really, so, yeah, just JMB. Kind of unfortunate. Um. I kind of felt I kind of felt bad for those guys. I really did. I mean, I, those guys are have ten times the career I ever dreamed of having, but I still felt bad for them because I just feel like the the crowd at Anaheim is such a mainstream group of people who don't. I don't. I feel like they don't know much about the history of the sport as a as a generality. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not fair, but that's just my opinion. And when you start bringing out guys like Pierre Cardmakers and even when you start getting into guys like RJ, and, and I mean, these are legends of the sport. Guys that myself, you, Weege, um, we know almost everything there is to know about these guys. But then you bring them out in that forum, and there's no clapping. There's no appreciation. I just feel like it's, they're just bringing out strangers. Other than some <laughs> statistics strangers. that are putting on. Yeah, seriously. They're putting statistics on the board that half the people probably aren't reading anyway. They have no idea who these guys are. They're not even clapping. There's, like, no noise. I'm just like, man, show these guys some respect. It's just, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm in the minority, but I felt, I felt bad for them. I just, because I have so much respect for those guys, and 
those were my childhood heroes, some of them. You know, cars makers and guys like that, uh, Mike Bell, <laughs> and those guys are too old for, right. for me. But I still was like, man, these people don't even understand who these guys are, what they're about, or anything. It just kind of was like yeah, a little I, bit of a bummer for me. I'm with you. You, you do that in uh, uh, Pontiac or Detroit or somewhere like that. It's probably goes a little better. But, yeah, totally, even yeah, I just feel I like feel, there's, there are races where there's really, really uh, enthusiast guys that uh, Atlanta's one. I just feel like the, the people are much more into the racing. I just feel like Anaheim is a just people come out that are you know they like dirt bikes but they know nothing about it they don't go to you know they don't race or it's just the, the industry's there and everyone's yeah. into it yeah. type deal so i just can't imagine what it'd be like that has to be such a bummer for them like okay like stan's a perfect example like it's not that long ago it's say 20 years ago when he say won a race in anaheim same stadium same amount of people were there you know it's always sold out there every year you know and it's like they're probably if i'm them i'm thinking i did the same thing i put in the same work I won the same race at the same level with the same amount of people here. But none of these people even realize it. None of these people get it. Like, they think Ryan Villapoto's awesome and Ryan Dungey's awesome, and, and they don't realize I did the exact same thing. I'm not even saying I'm better. I did the same, and yeah. they couldn't care less. Yeah, but, it goes back to us, we saying, yeah. seeing MC in Atlanta walking around. Yeah, well, it's the same thing yeah. I was saying with JMB. And right. I've seen RJ just walking around, you know, in the hallways of the Angel Stadium before it. I'm like, that's Rick Johnson. Like, if he was walking through these hallways 20 years ago, he wouldn't be able to move. <laughs> right, and right. Can um, you imagine if Villapota just decided to go walk up to the concession stand? Right, right. But 20 years from now, he'll be able to do that, and no one will even recognize him. Well, uh, it was the same with, uh, I saw Bob Hanna wandering through the pits trying to find our BTO truck because he had an autograph session. No one was even helping him, talking to him, asking him where he was. So he, he literally didn't know where to go. So I'm like, hey, Hurricane, you know, like, I was a huge fan. I have a Hurricane jersey in my parents' house. And I was like, hey, man, I know where you're supposed to be. Like, let's go. And he's like, he doesn't really know me. And he's like, okay, okay yeah, totally. He was like, yeah, yeah, someone recognized me and wants to help me here because I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I, I was like, man, you guys have no idea. Like, the people are bumping into him. And, you know, I'm like, you guys have no clue what you're even, you know, looking at here. After RJ's uh, KTM ride at the retro race in 06, did anybody else expect him to have Golden Palace uh, tattoo on his head or anywhere up there on the on the you know did anybody think that no um, and also too I I Weege and I very much enjoy JT I don't know if you noticed this the video introductions for all the winners of Supercrosses all the greats and Damon F and Bradshaw still made it he still made the he video did. pulling the sign down the banner he's pulling down and then the tie down snaps. I've watched that okay, over and over and over, I, well, I was, and it was an agony every time. My question to you guys was, what what was happening in that scene? I don't know. I do not remember that. Oh, he oh, crashed, he crashed. In, in Indianapolis. He goes yeah. over the bars. I've seen that crash. Uh, I've huge seen that crash, crash on yes. the triple, yep. and he's literally standing on the side of the stadium trying to, you know, get his wits back, <laughs> and he pull, he's pulling on the banner, and he's handing huge points to Stanton at the time, which I think played into why Stanton, you know, this is how Stanton won his titles. In the battle what, with Bradshaw, et cetera. What was the banner? Oh, it was just a banner hanging on the side of the stadium, much like there's signs on the stadium okay, now. Okay, so he just randomly decided to pull down a banner. Well, no, he was literally he trying hurt. to stand up. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I See, I remember the crash over the bars, number four. I can picture it, but I 
don't remember the aftermath. Okay, but I love. Yeah, it. he's just standing there right. in, in agony, trying to stand up, like basically leaning on this banner to hold him up, and it that basically okay. gives way. So, is yeah. this a shot at Bradshaw? Are we? No, na- are no. We na- I just think it was a a tribute to how what Stan had to go through to win his titles in the battles he had. I like Bradshaw. it though. Because I like Bradshaw it. Bradshaw's a huge part of the sport, and they don't get to recognize him in that forum because he didn't win a title, but. I, I feel he was relevant. I like it though. They're like, oh yeah, a little little tip of the cap. We know, Damon. We know. And uh, obviously, it goes without saying that Bradshaw is a huge part of Feld Motorsports now. So that I, probably doesn't hurt. I do not know what you're talking about. I refuse to acknowledge what Damon Bradshaw does now. I see. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But that was awesome that they put him in that video, even though he never won jack shit, championship wise. <laughs> So. I did a uh, Legends and Heroes guys asked me in December to put together a like voiceover this video that plays on the big screen at the races. But here's the thing: again, they didn't mention. Oh, and by the way, Anaheim Three will be a retro race, and all these champions will be here uh, in person, and that's the main reason we're doing this. I, I was not totally. I was not. I didn't know any of this was going down until this week. So I make this video. At first, it's, we're trying to keep it short, like make it one minute or two minutes. So it's just mention a handful of guys. Mention Hannah McGrath. You know, uh, Stanton. Carmichael, we're good. Uh, and then they're like, you know what? Ah, we should add, let's add, we need to add Jimmy Weiner. We need to add Cars Makers. He was the first. Oh, let's make sure we get this guy in. Make sure, and I should have known, this is where we always get in trouble on the racetrack site. Once you start trying to name everyone, now yeah. you're going to end up leaving somebody out. You need to keep it as broad as possible. So in the end, we end up with a ton of names in the thing. They played at Anaheim 1 and Phoenix. Everything was fine. Then I guess they played it at that big party they had Friday night. Mm-hmm which Emig was the host of, guess who we left out? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> One guy's left out. Yeah. One out of all 20-some champs. Bailey got in. Dungey got in. Everybody that won one, Donnie Hansen gets mentioned. Somehow Jeff Emig. And Emig was cool, and he said, oh, I'm just, you know, he told me. We talked about it for a while. He's like, I'm just jerking your chain. doesn't bother me. But I, I'm, I think it actually does. Hold on a second, though. Cool. He was the only guy not mentioned? Yes, the only. Oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. That's what I mean. Literally, it had cars makers, Weinert, Mike Bell. Right. Uh, okay. I, I, this is actually the worst. The dogger got mentioned. He didn't even win. No. Yeah. Guys wrote about how the 80s had this unbelievable competition between all these names and all these cool nicknames, and that was what the 80s were all about, these nicknames and these stars yeah, yeah. battling every week. So yeah. dogger got mentioned there. I would have mentioned yeah. Rollerball myself. He's got a bunch of Canadian titles, Supercross titles. It was just one of those things where I should have just said to them, wait, 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 wait. Do you just want to mention every champ? Because let's get the list out and mm-hmm. make sure we do it. But it was like yeah. they'd send an email and be like, we need to add Weiner. Okay, hey, we need to add Dungey. Oh, right, okay. Right. Uh, I should have been like, I've been here. I know how this thing works. Every week we do a list on the Racerec site and we piss off one dude. How about them? So how about the list of ta- privateer teams over the years, notable privateer teams? And I put some research into it. Put down 12, 13 teams that did something. Then I get an email from an owner of a team that's long gone, and I'm not going to say that's like, I look forward to your second list. Yeah. It's like, really? What's up, passive-aggressive jerk? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like sorry, I left, I mean, I left out a lot of teams over the years. There's been, you know, dozens and dozens of privateer teams. So. Yeah, I should have. You always get I, in trouble. You always get in trouble. I had the experience yeah. to know how badly this can go, and I should have taken it by the range and said, is your goal to have a video where we just mention every champ ever? Right. Is that taken, what you want? Should have taken it by the yeah. uh, by yeah. the balls out award and done it. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast A2 Wrap-Up, presented by Fox Racing. Anything else, guys? Are we good? We cover it? Why can't you are not going to Oakland, and you can suck it? Uh, no, I think if you're going to Oakland, you're the one that's probably going to end up sucking it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you probably got a good point there. <laughs> JT, are you going to Oakland? Oh, yes. I will be there, and I will be armed and dangerous. It's the only way to roll when you're in Oakland. Let's celebrate the greatness of the Raiders while we're there, shall we? Is, will there any be any chance of a poop uh, surprise? <laughs> Running through the uh, from the dugouts, yeah. perhaps. And for people who don't know what I'm talking about, Oakland Stadium had many issues with their sewage system where there would literally be raw sewage flowing into the dugout mid-game. Commitment to excellence, bro. Welcome to Oakland. Commitment to excellence. All right, thanks, guys. See ya. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.